0: People McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This episode is going to be a quick fit tip about fitness for first responders. Before I get into the quick fit tip, I want to share a little update with you. A couple episodes ago, I talked about some weight gain I had made. I stay active. I stay fit. I don't always pay attention to my weight. Well, I finally bought a scale And over the last few weeks, I've gone from 220 down to 209. And my goal is to get back down around 200 by the time I go out and start speaking again. The next speaking engagement I'm going to be at is the DCAC Fitness Conference. This is going to be my first live event in quite some time. But that's dcacfitness.com. I'll have a link down below in the show notes. If you're going to be in the DC area, it's a great conference. You can learn a lot about fitness, even if you're not a fitness professional. You can still come for a day and enjoy a number of great workouts and it would be awesome to see you there. So that's the first update. I am making, that, making progress on that journey. I'm going to share another update at the end of the quick fit tip. But right now, what I'm going to do is read from a blog that I wrote about fitness for first responders. When I worked at the American Council on Exercise, ACE has a program where it works with IA, IAFF. That's the International Association of Firefighters. But ACE has a program for peer fitness trainers for fire departments, and it was an honor to be involved in that program. So what I'm going to do is read to you a blog about first responder fitness because this is a brand new category that's evolved over the last 20 years. Think back to September 11th, 2001, where you had to have firefighters go up the the stairs of the World Trade Center to try to evacuate people before the buildings collapsed. And since 2001, we have been involved in two long-running wars in both Afghanistan and Iraq. And in those wars, over the duration of the last number of years, virtually all branches of the military realized they needed to do fitness differently. If you've served in the military, you are no doubt familiar with the old three-mile run, pull-up, sit-up, push-up test. You would have to do, I think it was done every year, to conduct fitness. Well, if you're operating in a combat environment in Iraq, you're going from building to building, 50, 100, 200 meters at a time, being able to run three miles really isn't that relevant. Neither is being able to do push-ups or sit-ups. So most of the major branches of the military have changed the way they conduct fitness testing for their members. And in addition, we have law enforcement, military, first responders. There is a number of federal money made available to understand the fitness needs of these individuals. Because think about it, over the last number of years, we know we have an obesity epidemic in this country. Now imagine if you're EMS and you arrive on scene to work on a scene and there's somebody there who's 300 pounds. I don't know if you've noticed this, but now stretchers have to be made especially to deal with larger, heavier, bigger individuals. Or if you're a firefighter, like here in California, fire, wildfires are always a threat. You might have to be on the fire line for hours at a time, days at a time. That requires fitness. That requires a certain amount of training. So there's a whole category of first responder, what they call tactical strength and conditioning that has evolved over the last 20 years. So what I'm going to do is read to you from a blog that I wrote, and I have a link down to the blog in the show notes, but I just want to raise your awareness to this category. And I'm going to share this blog to you on behalf of all those men and women out there who are working to keep us safe. First, I want to say a big thank you. Thank you for what you do. Hopefully you're maintaining your fitness because your fitness is important for everybody. And that's another reason why I I have been involved with tactical fitness over the years is I want to make sure that military, military is not day to day, but I want to make sure that first responders like law enforcement and firefighters have the ability, if they show up on a scene, that they have the ability to work that scene to the best of their ability. And you're going to hear a couple interviews coming up with some experts in the field, practitioners, researchers. And one of the most fascinating things when I started getting involved in firefighter fitness, and then I'm going to go into the blog, One of the fascinating things to me is one of the biggest risks of injury for the fire services when they show up to work a scene is going down with a heart attack. One of the members could have a heart attack from being in a stressful situation. Yes, back injuries and knee injuries are also common in fire services, but heart attacks are a major issue. So this is a big issue. First responder fitness is a big thing. You might have a first responder or military in your family. You might have worked in that or you may work in that. And for those of you out there, I want to say a big thank you for that. I really I, I, I appreciate what you do, I appreciate you, and this blog is for you, so let me get with it. This blog is seven fitness tips for first responders, but it, it could fit to everybody. While the term athlete has generally been used to describe people who compete in individual or team sports, a new category of athlete has emerged in recent years that does not involve competition. Today, members of military, law enforcement, and first responders such as firefighters or paramedics are often described as tactical athletes because of the physically demanding nature of their jobs. As a result, the field of tactical strength and conditioning has emerged to provide appropriate exercise and fitness programs to meet the fast changing nature of these physically demanding jobs. Now a side note, this is not in the blog, but the National Strength and Conditioning Association, this is the association that that created the test and created the category of strength and conditioning specialists for strength coaches. They provide the certification for strength coaches The National Strength and Conditioning Association now has certification education for tactical conditioning specialists. So that's how much this has evolved. They now have specialty programs and specialty education in that to meet the needs of these individuals. Back to the blog. Exercise programs for tactical athletes and first responders should address a variety of needs, including mobility, movement efficiency, aerobic capacity, and power. This is in contrast to traditional approach to strength training that focuses on only one body part or muscle group at a time. Here, firefighters in this blog, firefighters and tactical strength and conditioning experts share seven tips for designing effective workout programs for first responders. Now, for this blog, I've reached out to, to friends, to people I've met over the years through ACE, and these are the people. Some of these people inspire me to do what I do in terms of just putting information out there. I want everybody out there who's listening to this to be fit. But especially if you have a job as a first responder in the military, I want you to be fitter than everybody else because the demands of what you do for a living. So number one, proper mobility training and dynamic dynamic warm-ups are essential for injury prevention. Joey Fignon, a a captain of the Menlo Fire Department in Northern California and an A-certified personal trainer and peer fitness trainer, that's for the firefighter program, helps run his department's training academy. He ensures that mobility and flexibility are key components of the fitness programs for new recruits. And you're going to hear more about that in a couple of episodes. When speaking with new recruits about fitness, we emphasize that a healthy functioning body is essential for job longevity, says Joey. To help reduce the risk of injury from performing the physically demanding tasks of the job, we make mobility and flexibility training a key part of the conditioning program at our academy. We provide recruits with foam rollers so they can take the time learn how to use them properly. In addition, we teach recruits how to perform a complete full body dynamic warm up prior to starting a workout. And there's a link in there to a different foam rolling routine that could help you get ready. And this blog will be linked down below in the show notes if you want to actually read it, but I'm reading it to you so you may not need to. Fignon explains that they need to account for the daily fire training schedule when designing programs for firefighters. Quote When it comes to planning the fitness programming, we work inversely proportional to the daily fire training schedule, he explains. If the day includes a lecture, then we do a more challenging workout. But if they're doing live fire training, we do a lower intensity workout. The one constant is that we always perform a complete dynamic warm-up before every workout. Uh, there's a link down below for a dynamic warm-up to help you prepare for any activity that might be physically demanding for you. Now, Steve Cruz, uh, he's an awesome guy, and I stay in touch with him uh, through social media, so shout out, Steve. Steve Cruz is an Arizona-based career firefighter and, again, an ACE peer fitness trainer. He agrees with the need for mobility training for his crews. Quote, In our department, we use mobility exercises for injury prevention and put our members through the functional movement screen on an annual basis in an effort to keep our folks from getting injured, he explains. It helps us assess and identify both asymmetries and limitations that our personnel may have. We then focus on improving mobility, strengthening stability, and teaching proper movement preparation workouts for our guys. Cruz adds that foam rollers, therapy balls, and yoga all played an important role in his own personal fitness program while on duty. And you can learn more about benefits about movement preparation in various links I have down in that blog. Number two. Number two, strength is the most important component of fitness for first responders. John Hoffman is a tactical strength and conditioning specialist with Southern California University of Health Sciences and specializes in designing fitness programs for firefighters and first responders. When asked about the most important component of fitness for first responders, Hoffman's response was unequivocal. Strength, he said emphatically. To reduce injuries on the job, we want to get them strong. Most low back injuries are due to lifting heavy patients onto the gurneys, which requires high levels of strength and power. We tell firefighters in our program that if you want to be injury-free, get strong because the stronger you are, the harder you are to break. Because many fire stations don't have the room or budget to buy an extensive amount of exercise equipment, Hoffman uses the following bodyweight exercises to help firefighters in his program get stronger. He uses a TRX for back rows. They do lateral step-ups. They do side planks. These are all very common programs, and John Hoffman is is. One of these new professionals or this emerging emerging profession of tactical strength and conditioning. That's his specialty. He's a strength coach for firefighters and first responders. I think that's pretty awesome. And he just talks about basic core strength training to help the people who he's responsible to serving stay fit for their job duties. Back to the blog. Cruz follows with the same approach. The workouts we do for strength include pushes and pulls for the upper body and squats and hip hinges for the lower body, he explains. The equipment we use include dumbbells, kettlebells, TRX suspension trainers, and battle ropes, which allows to do circuit training while on duty. And this has been a big shift. And again, I'm going off the blog here, but this has been a big shift. I mean, years ago, and it still happens to a degree, but for years, firefighters and law enforcement have trained like bodybuilders. Where do you think they get most of their information from? Well, they pick up the magazines, they go to the bodybuilding gyms. But when you look at the demands of what a firefighter might have to do on a scene or a law enforcement officer having to get out and work with work with the community, they need to be able to move in all directions. So they, first responders more so than almost anybody else should be training like athletes. So here's what uh, Steve Cruz recommends. Battle ropes, doing the waves, pulsing ropes up and down, goblet squats with dumbbells, dumbbell renegade rows, that's a push up to a row. So these are all, again, all this information will be down the blog. Number three, working as a unit is critical for first responders. So exercises are designed to help promote teamwork for the crews on each shift. It's essential, they're working together, they gotta train together. Exercise provides many benefits for firefighters, including the ability to function as a team during extremely stressful situations. As a result, many firefighting crews make time to exercise together during their shifts. Quote, fitness is mission critical to our job, explains Jess Speck, a battalion chief at Oceanside Fire Department. Exercising during their shift helps our crews develop camaraderie and unit cohesion while preventing many injuries that can occur on the job. Crews agrees. Exercising together definitely helps to establish unit cohesion and teamwork within the crews of each shift. In addition, working out together helps our personnel develop the physical ability to perform the wide variety of job functions necessary for working a scene. I mean, think about that. It's also cool because if you're working on a shift, and this is my understanding, I've never done it, But when you work on a shift in a firehouse, those people become your family and you're with them for 24 to 48 hours at a time. And so being able to train together and exercise together just helps develop that cohesion that you need in very challenging and stressful situations. So number four, back to the blog. Investing in proper fitness equipment can help fire departments save money in the long run. In addition to a lack of time, a major obstacle for working out at a fire station is having the proper equipment. Some departments have a budget for purchasing exercise equipment for each station, while other departments simply lack the resources to invest in good equipment. One solution for getting the funds to invest in the proper workout gear is to highlight the fact that exercise can help firefighters prevent a number of physical issues, including back pain, shoulder strains, or obesity-related health problems. I'm going off blog for a second here. Now, this is a major issue for fire departments. If, If somebody gets injured on the job and they can't work for two, three weeks, Now you have to pay somebody else overtime to fill that spot. The entire situation is challenged. So which do you think would be better for a fire service? Spending a little bit of money up front to put proper equipment and fitness gear in each station to keep people healthy and to keep them fit on the job or spending money in the back end when somebody is injured, collecting disability or collecting workers' comp and having to pay somebody else overtime to fill that role in the spot. So either way, you're going to pay for it. And, And personally... As a taxpayer, I'd rather see fire departments paying up front to keep their personnel fit and being able to work the scenes. Back to the blog. When a firefighter gets injured while on duty, a department is affected two ways. I think I just mentioned it. First, it has to pay for a firefighter's salary while he or she is injured and unable to work. Second, it has to pay overtime for a firefighter to cover a hole in the shift. Quote, when we proposed our budget to the city council, we highlighted the cost savings from keeping firefighters injury-free and on the job. Our city responded with a budget by purchasing fitness equipment for each of our eight stations, says Specht. Each one now has a few cardio machines and a variety of equipment, including medicine balls, squat racks, barbells, benches, and dumbbells. Number five, there are a number of different ways that crews can make time for exercise or fit in a workout. Now, this, this fits for everybody, right? No matter what your schedule is, you should always be able to make time. Quote, the crews on each shift have their own strategies for working out together, explains SPECT. Quote, one of the houses goes to a commercial health club while another will run the stairs at the beach and my my crew likes to train at our station house. We do high intensity interval training for cardio and design exercise circuits with our strength training equipment. We'll pick five to 10 exercises and rotate through each one for a specific amount of time. Number six, exercise is important, but it's also important to work at an appropriate intensity while on duty. Quote, we try to do exercise during our shift. But in my experience, I've found that it's best to save heavy weightlifting days or really intense workouts for our days off, explains Cruz. You do not want to be in the middle of a hard workout while on duty and have the tones go off for a three alarm fire. You're just setting yourself up for fatigue, which could lead to a member of your crew getting seriously injured. So that's an important point. I never thought about that. Do your hard workouts on your off days and do your moderate intensity workouts when you're on duty and at the house. That makes a lot of sense. Number seven. Working out promotes mental wellness and helps firefighters and first responders deal with stress. Quote, Due to the stresses we experience while on a call, it's extremely important for firefighters and emergency medical services to exercise because it can enhance mental wellness, explains Cruz. Mental wellness and physical fitness go full circle because being fit gives you the confidence to do the job safely without getting injured. In addition, if you look good and feel good about yourself, your self-confidence and performance on the job will both increase. The men and women who are first responders may not be compensated as well as professional athletes, but they can borrow from the exercise techniques of the pros to stay in optimal fitness for the demands of their jobs. Clearly, exercise offers a variety of benefits for first responders, and there are a number of different ways they can stay fit to do their jobs. Quote, exercise programs that include the essential components of fitness, specifically strength, cardio, and flexibility, says Cruz are key for helping us perform at the top of our game." So I want to say a big thanks to Steve Cruz, Jess Speck, John Hoffman, and Joey Fignon. These are all people that I've gotten to know over the years uh, through my role at the American Council on Exercise. And really, I I can't stress this enough, it's an honor to be able to, to, to provide information to them and give them information that helps their teams and helps their community stay fit. Because think about it, if our first responders if our firefighters, if our emergency medical services are healthy and fit, that means they have the ability to help you should a situation ever arise where you need it. And, and I will admit this shamelessly. I'm not, or I'm not afraid to admit this, that I honestly think of this as very self-serving. The more I can help firefighters, the more I can help these emergency personnel, the better off I am that, heaven forbid, I ever get in a, in a serious accident. A number of years ago, my, my ex-wife was involved in a very serious accident. And one of the, I mean, you had people that had to work the scene and pull her out of the car where thankfully she wasn't seriously injured. But I really, that, that happened, uh, I think, in 2003. I had just done a program with the D.C. Fire Department, a conditioning program with the D.C. Fire Department. And a few months later, my, my ex-wife got in that wreck. And it really it drove home the point of I want, I want anybody, any emergency personnel who shows up on a scene, heaven forbid you listening right now get in an accident, hopefully not while listening to this, But heaven forbid you get in an accident, I want the emergency personnel to be able to show up, fit, ready, and able to serve you to the best of their ability, which is one of the reasons why I just am thrilled to to have the opportunity to work with that community when I do. So again, all of you out there that might be serving, where you're serving, how you're serving us in the capacity, whether it's a first responder, EMS, military, thank you for your service. And I mean that sincerely. You guys are doing, you men and women are doing a tremendous amount of work to keep everybody safe. Now, one more note, um, you may notice things now on the podcast, I'm changing a little bit. I I know before I've said, I'm not trying to, I don't want to take money. I don't want to put things behind a paywall. I am not planning on doing a paywall anytime soon. I'm not going to have all about Fitness Plus or anything like that, at least not in any time in the foreseeable future. However, um, I'm very excited to announce I now have a media partnership. I'm joining a part of a podcasting network. They're going to help promote the podcast. They're going to provide some resources ...to allow me to grow the podcast. Part of that is you will now hear advertising on the podcast. Not just for me advertising various things I do... ...but you'll hear a variety of different advertising. My goal and my goal all along with with All About Fitness... ...is I want to be able to bring you the best health and fitness information... ...so you can learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. I want to be able to to make this... ...I don't expect to make a ton of money from podcasting... ...but I want to be able to make money off it and generate, generate an income so I can put more emphasis into it. Right now, I'm doing about four to seven episodes a month. Ideally, I would love to be doing about six to 10 episodes a month. I'd love to be bringing in different experts. I'd love to be doing more quick fits, fit tips to help you learn how to use exercise and fitness in, in your life. But in order to do that, I have to be able to make a living. So I went out and arranged this partnership. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to provide me with some uh, different resources. The more resources I have, the more I can help you. And, and that really is my goal. I really want to help you uh, learn how to use exercise, health, and fitness to enhance your quality of life and do anything that you want to do. Because remember, being fit gives you choices for how you live your life. Being fit gives you the freedom to go out and do everything you want to do. So with that, as always, thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.